So today, uh, we are in week four, the final week of our series, Soul Talk Part Two, uh, Mental and Emotional Health. Um, it all kicked off with David Riddell, guest speaker, and then we moved into a beautiful message from Stu on forgiveness. And uh, then, of course, last week, Matt and Belinda Stott were here to talk about assertiveness. Um, and this has all been followed up throughout the week with our life groups. And we've been watching video and having teaching, having discussion. It's been great to be in life groups over this time. And today's talk is going to be followed up with our final video series this week in your life groups. And so I just encourage you to get along to your life groups. If you're not in a life group, it's not too late. Get into a life group. Check out the website, harmonychurch.nz forward slash life groups. And you can see all the different life groups. And there's more than, more than just the traditional. You know, we've got the traditional life group, which is uh, meet in people's homes and, and have some food or coffee and uh, get into the Word and pray. Um, but we've got other life groups. We've got the business group here at Harmony, which is led by Greg and Janine Greenwood and, uh, and team. And so they meet monthly for business breakfast. We've got the Harmony Creative Group led by Charlie, and of course they meet at the number one cafe in Christchurch, Ali and Sid Cafe for Walker Street. We've also got Harmony Active. We've got a group that goes out, they go hiking, you can join with Annette and, and the crew there, go hiking, go do different things. There's so many different ways to be involved and connected. And the thing about life groups is when you hit those storms in life, when you get into those difficult times, it's the life groups the people that you're connected to, those special relationships, they're the first on the phone to say, hey, can I pray for you? What can I do? Can I cook you a meal? Um, the, the, we are a church made up of many groups, and uh, it's a way to stay connected really well in, in a growing church, in a healthy church. And uh, so I encourage you all to check out a life group, get into a life group. So today, difficult people. <laughs> So the truth is difficult people exist, and they're all around us. Actually, did you say good morning to the person next to you? Just turn to the person next to you. Welcome that person. Um, yeah, so I've had a lot of experience with difficult people uh, throughout my work. As Gideon mentioned, I've had over 10 years working in the contact center industry. So I started out taking phone calls at the height of the global uh, financial crisis back in 2009, and I worked for the insolvency service, bankruptcy. And I, was, I took over 1,000 calls per month personally of people wanting to declare themselves bankrupt. And there's some difficult calls there. Um, you know, people have lost their livelihood, lost their money, lost their relationship, lost their house. Who are they talking to? They're talking to me. So I learned some lessons through that time. Then I became a team leader and I started to input into the people taking calls, and I led teams of 10 to 20 people at a time. And then I became a site manager, where um, the team leaders report to me, and I input into them, and then they input into their teams. And uh, actually, uh, how many people here hate calling contact centres? Who hates calling a contact centre? A few hands. Uh, <laughs> has anyone here ever said Put me through to your team leader. Put me through to your manager. I want to talk to your manager. Yeah, we've got a few of those. Thanks for that. It's great to put a face to the voice. I've only ever heard the voice, so it's good to see the faces. So, hello, Joe. <laughs> so, I was that person sometimes. 
that uh, you got put through to. And uh, yeah, I've had people yelling at me, I've had people swearing at me, I've had people threatening me personally. And uh, you know, they're difficult conversations. Difficult people, um, when I think of it, I think customers. But they're not just customers, are they? They could be friends. Friends can be difficult. They could be workmates, colleagues. They could be classmates, could be the teacher. They come in many different forms, could be family. And oftentimes, difficult people are the ones that we love and that we care for. And that can be hard. Again, when I think of a difficult person, my brain defaults to angry. It's an angry person. Somebody's upset. They haven't got something. And that's, you know, from my 10 years of working in the contact centre, because that's what I dealt with. But it's not just angry. There could be abusive. A difficult person could be abusive. Now, that's a step up. Um, They could be selfish. They could be argumentative. They could even be technologically challenged. Now, that person's actually a nice person. They're very, very nice. But having that conversation, having that interaction with them around technology can be difficult, and they can turn into a difficult person to deal with. Uh, any, any Samsung users here? Yeah, I don't know how you do that. I was using my mum's tablet the other day, and it's a Samsung tablet, and I'm just trying to do an email, and it's just impossible. I don't know how you guys do it, so... Well done if you're a Samsung user. I'm an Apple person. It's just the way I am. And uh, actually, on that note, I wanted to welcome my mum, who is watching on live stream today. Uh, So, hello, mum. And uh, also her sister, Lexi. Hello, Lexi, as well. Uh, Watching together on Harmony at Home. And I want to welcome anyone uh, watching at uh, home today or whether you are watching on the uh, on-demand service later on. You can watch us 24 hours a day if you want. (laughs) Watch the service back later. Enjoy it. Um, But welcome to everybody in the room. It's great to have 100 people in the room as well, uh, which is amazing. So I've got something on the stage. It's a door. And I'm just going to use this as a prop today. So the door is an illustration of a difficult person. So when I'm standing here in front of my difficult person, I'm looking them in the eyes. All I'm I'm getting is the the face-to-face interaction. I'm, I'm hearing the words. I'm feeling the emotion. And it doesn't feel good to me. Let's say this is an angry person, you know. This doesn't feel good to me. I don't like that. And I've had hundreds of difficult, angry person conversations on the phone over the years. And I tell you, every single time I have one of those conversations, my heart is beating. My hands are shaking. I'm going sweaty. You know, I look like Gideon after he's played a worship set here (laughs) on the drums. You can bring out that T-shirt, wipe a blackboard clean with it. So even though I might sound in my voice calm and collected, difficult conversations and difficult people are difficult. So when I'm standing here looking at my difficult person, I'm getting the full force 
of what's happening. Sometimes a difficult person doesn't even know they're difficult or that I'm feeling this way. So that, that's something to keep in mind. If you're taking notes today, that's a good note to write down. That a difficult person doesn't always know that they are being difficult and that we're feeling a certain way. We're feeling threatened or we're feeling afraid or we're feeling upset. So we've got to work around that somehow. And oftentimes difficult people are complaining or they're blame shifting. Um, they hate to feel rejected. In fact, they fear to feel rejected. And that could explain some of the stuff that I'm feeling when I'm getting it here. So what we have to do is we have to look past the facade or have to look past the words, have to look past what I'm feeling and I have to go deeper. And I have to go and look over here. And what I discover when I look here is that I've got a reason here. For what's happening there, there's a reason here. Now that reason is something that's happened to this person. Maybe it was 20 years ago. Maybe it was 10 years ago. Maybe it was a few months ago. Maybe they were abused at some point in their life and now we're seeing the outworking of that as a difficult person here. Maybe they've got a disappointment and that's turned into bitterness. There's been a trauma of some sort in their life. Maybe there's unforgiveness or maybe it's because I'm a Christian, or I'm a follower of Jesus and they know that and, and there's a barrier there. So there's many reasons. We've got the facade, we've got the outworkings, and we've got a reason so where possible, if we can find out the reason or the reasons or something around that, that's going to help us in our interactions with our difficult people in our life. And if we can stand here in front of, in front of them and know why, and it's not, not to be like this when they're yelling at me, I know why you're doing this, I know why you're acting like that because of this thing that happened 20 years ago, I know that. <laughs> it's because of this. I know. That thing that happened to you should not have happened. That wasn't fear. And I know. Compassion. So, we've got the outworking. Behind that, We've got the reason. We've got to go deeper. Down here. We've got a person. This is a person. They've got a name. God knows their name. In fact, in Isaiah, it says that their name is written on the palm of his hand. Oftentimes we can just think, difficult person. It's a person, not a problem. And this person was a baby once. 
You know, I just want to hammer the point home. They were born and someone held them, hopefully their mum, maybe their mum, and looked in their eyes. This is a miracle. This is incredible. Staring into their eyes. Fast forward 20 years later, 30 years later, now it's me staring in their eyes. How do I feel? (laughs) I can't do that though. That's the way I feel, but I need to recognize there's a reason and there's a person. Amen. Amen. Oftentimes our response when we're standing here is born out of our own past. So we need to do some work on ourselves a lot of the time before we actually start getting into our difficult people relationships. We need to first look at ourselves because we may default to arguments when we're faced with a difficult person. We may default to being frustrated when we're dealing with a difficult person. We might default to giving up, saying, I don't want anything to do with that person anymore. The way they talk to me, I've had enough of that. I'm just going to steer clear of them. I'm not even going to talk to them anymore. You know, in the contact centre world, uh, when I teach dealing with difficult customers, I teach A to Z. You've got to take people from A to Z. You've got to take people from a problem to a solution. But you're never going to take them to a solution unless you know the way to the solution. And then you're going to have to walk them on the pathway to the solution. And I love a quote Um, that I've always based my leadership on by John Maxwell. A leader is one that knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. And in our relationships with difficult people, we do need to know where we're going. And we need to show our difficult people where we're going. So we have to be prepared to walk that pathway. And sometimes in a contact centre world, that might be one phone call. could be half an hour. could be an hour on the phone, and that's it. I'll never talk to that person again. But in our personal lives, especially if it's friends or family, we might be walking the pathway for the next (coughs) 10 years, 40 years, 50 years. We've got to be prepared to walk the pathway. And that's hard for me because I'm a guy, and I like to solve problems. If my wife gives me a problem, solution, instantly. She'll fire another problem at me, solution, instantly. She'll hit me with something that I could never even know how to solve, solution, instantly. So I've got to get past that, you know, in me, with my difficult people. I might just have to stand with them and do nothing else. I might just have to listen and do nothing else. I might just have to love on them and that's enough. But it's appropriate to do that with boundaries in place. Okay, so we have to come back to what Belinda was saying last week around assertive language and being assertive. Um, I've always said boundaries bring freedom, and I cite an interesting study. 
that I cannot remember the source to, but I love it anyway. And uh, what, what it was was there was a group of 50 preschool children, and they took them out into like the Canterbury Plains and uh, took them into a paddock. And it's so big, it's huge. There's just green rolling grass as far as the eye can see. But it is a paddock, but you cannot see where that fence is, anywhere out there. They said to the kids, hey, go and play kids, get out there, have fun. And what happened was all the 50 kids went out there and they all bunch, stay bunched together. And then they, they took them to another paddock down the road. And now this paddock is still a big paddock, but it has clearly defined boundaries. You can see the outline of the fence in every corner. And they said to the kids, go and play kids. And 50 kids went and interdispersed and went out there, went into every corner of the paddock because they could see clearly where the boundaries were. And so there was freedom within the boundaries that were set. And we can have that too with our difficult people in our lives by setting clear boundaries and working within those boundaries. So that might look something like using our assertive language. Um, I'm not going to have an argument with you. I don't, I'm not going to get into arguments. I'm happy to have a conversation. Let's sit down and, and talk about this. But if there's an argument, I'm going to have to pull back. Another example might say, I'm not into swearing. I don't like bad language, foul language. So let's talk. Let's have a great, great talk. But I'm not going to be listening to swearing, and I'm not going to be swearing. Okay, so being assertive. Um, what I uh, always did in the Contact Centre world, and I think it works well here, is I reminded my staff, just remember baseball. When you get into these conversations, just think about baseball. Three strikes and you're... Yeah, that's how we do it. So we're having a conversation, it's good, and we've set our boundaries. Then all of a sudden, abusive language starts coming up. Okay, baseball. Hey, we said at the start, we're not going to be swearing. We're not going to be abusive. I'm having, a, I'm having a great time talking with you, and I still want to have this conversation, but let's not use this language. Strike one. But then we carry on. You don't say strike one. <laughs> let's just carry on. And, uh, and then further on, maybe they do it again. So they're just slipping back into that mindset. Um, they do it again. Okay, I'm going to issue my second strike. Um, remember I told you before, we're not using abusive language, so uh, come on, let's, let's keep this going because I'm really enjoying talking to you, blah, blah, blah. Um, strike two. And then they do it again, okay, I'm going to have to pull back from this conversation now. That's what I said right at the start, you know, and we'll pick it up again later. So that's assertiveness. So tuck that one away, baseball with your difficult conversations. But our response at all times needs to model Jesus. You know, if we're Christ followers, he never displayed a harsh attitude. He never showed dismissive pride in dealing with difficult people. He just didn't do it. When there was a rebuke that was needed, he gave it in an assertive way, in a loving way. Sometimes with difficult people, he stayed silent. And that works really well as well. Sometimes he asked questions. Sometimes... He pointed them to a scripture, pointed them back to truth. And sometimes he told a story. So Jesus gives us a model to work from. But the bottom line is everything that he did and everything that we do needs to be done in love. Galatians 5.14. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
And when I say that, some people may think, yeah, but you don't know that the amount of pain, the amount of hurt that this person, what they're doing to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know your situation, but I can understand that. And, you know, I've got empathy and it's nothing I can do right now to make that better. But Galatians, this is not a nice to have. This is not, hey, if you can also manage to do that, that would be great. Jesus has commanded us to love. And we can do that with our assertiveness, with our boundaries, but we have to do that. So we may need to go back and look at ourselves first. We might need to ask God for strategy. Every single time I was on a difficult call with an uh, escalated caller in the contact centre and they're yelling at me and making threats against me, um, aside from my shaking and sweating and everything, um, I'm praying, God, give me strategy. Give me a word. Lord, I, know, I don't have anything to say. Please tell me what to say next. Or sometimes I say, God, please get this person off the phone. <laughs> and it's amazing how many times phone cuts out. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I did have one just uh, in the last six months before I started at Harmony here. And I mean, this was next level. You know, I was like afraid. And uh, I think it was manifestations coming through the phone. And I just said, Lord, I need your help in this moment. And he hung up. (laughs) Just stopped and hung up. So uh, we must always remember to pray. But what we could also do if we're looking at ourselves and our reaction, you know, if we're worried about our reaction, a lot of the times um, it's easy to say when, when we've got a difficult person, why are they like this to me? Why are they doing this to me? Why are they saying this to me? Well, it's not to me. Sometimes it's just the way it is. It's just an outworking of those reasons. And it's not about me. We could get counselling, that could help us, that could be a good idea. We could use Sozo, which is a great ministry here at Harmony. That could get to the root cause of some of the issues. Uh, Maybe unforgiveness in our life that we need to work on. So um, I promote Sozo as a great option. And we use our assertive behaviour, our assertive language. Um, So we've got assertive, that's the place to be, that's where we want to be because that Um, honours people, it values people. If we go too far this way, we get into aggression. We don't want to be aggressive because aggressive language, it demeans people, it pulls people down, it makes them feel small. But we're called as Christians to make people's world big. When someone talks to me, I want them to go away feeling big, feeling better. Difficult people, a lot of the time, they feel small. And the way that people talk to them makes their world small. We're called as Christ followers to make their world big. We can't do that with aggressive language. We need to be assertive. But if we go too far this way, we're into passive. If we're passive, we're going to get walked all over, especially with some of our more abusive, um, difficult people. They're going to walk all over us. They're going to tear us to shreds. We're going to feel bad. So it's not the place to be. We need to be in that assertive area. So we can look to Proverbs for wisdom. Proverbs 12, 16, fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent 
overlook an insult. Okay, so activation time. Okay, we come to church to be challenged. We want to take something away with us. I'm going to give you a challenge today. Who wants a challenge? Some people. Good. (laughs) Um, In the contact centre environment, I said to my staff, you've got to pretend like it's 1986. There's no internet. How are you going to talk to this person, whether it's a colleague or a customer? What can you do? And they said, well, we could schedule a meeting and talk to them face-to-face. Yep. We could give them a phone call. Yeah, that's great. That's about all you could do in 1986. You can can talk to people face-to-face and schedule a call. My challenge is don't use text message. Don't use Facebook Messenger. Don't use comments on Facebook or Instagram, especially talking to difficult people. It can be taken out of context. It can be read in a different way. It's comments, 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 comments. There's other people coming in as well. We don't want that. That's not healthy for you. It's not safe for you. It's not healthy for your difficult person. It's not safe for your difficult person. And right now, there's a lot of conversations going on, especially in the church. And we need to be doing better. We need to be doing better. We need to have... Courageous conversations, face-to-face, on the phone. So that's my challenge for the next seven days. See if you can do that. And then carry it on. Proverbs 20, verse 3. It is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Proverbs ten twelve: hatred stirs up conflict but love covers over all wrongs. And there's that word, love. So a measuring stick for how am I doing with my difficult person is to have a look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And you can just write them down and do a tick box exercise here. Fruit of the Spirit. In my difficult conversations here, am I showing love? Tick. Am I showing joy? Um, Is there peace in this interaction? Is there patience? Am I kind? Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness? Am I self-controlled in my conversations with a difficult person? Yeah, but they're not. It doesn't matter. I'm called to love. I'm commanded to love if I'm a follower of Jesus. So if we go through this, we can't tick certain things off, then we've got to go back again and look at ourselves again and, and practice again. And just because we had a a bad um, interaction here, just because something didn't go wrong, we don't give up, of course. Um, And I always say to my staff, it's like going to the gym. If you've got a 35-day plan and you go after day one and you didn't get the results of day 35, you've got to go back the next day. (laughs) You're not going to get those results unless you go back again, go back again, go back again. In fact, my old drum teacher told me, (laughs) he said, practice makes permanent. And I've always remembered that and I've told it to my staff. If we practice, practice, practice these things, it will become a permanent behavior in our life. So just as I wrap up, Just as we close today, 
I want to share with you just a story from my previous uh, work in the contact centre. Oftentimes I got asked to um, come in and take over leading different teams, well-established teams. And on this one occasion, it was a very well-established team. And I got my briefing from my big boss. Okay, this is your team now. Uh, this is what we want you to do. The, this person here, they're the highest performer. They're amazing. This person here, they're working on this, this, and this, and they're really good. And this person here, this is the worst person in our whole contact centre. This is the person that gets complaints from customers every day. This is the person that's got a really bad attitude and nobody likes here. This is the person that we have, and it's just the one person, we have um, initiated an exit strategy for, and I want you to carry out that exit strategy, and I want you to get rid of them as soon as possible. And I'm not really into that because I like to speak life. I like to move in the opposite spirit. I like people to be built up, not torn down. I like to pull people in, not push them away. So I thought, I need some help. So I prayed and I said, God, help me with my initial meeting with this person. Give me your strategy because I don't know what to do. So I went in there, we had our initial meeting, I introduced myself, and I said, tell me about yourself. You have a family? And she started telling me about her children. Remember, I'm here, she's there, and I'm listening at this point for the reason. She'll drop some cues for the reason of why we're seeing what we're seeing, complaints from customers. Staff don't like this person. This person's isolated, like an island. She tells me about her husband. That's great. What did you do on the last holidays? Talk about last holidays. And how do you feel about working here? Now, I'm getting venom thrown at me, you know, across the table. I'm losing 50% of my hair with just the <laughs> words flying past me. And I'm shaking, and I'm sweating, and I don't know what to do next, and I'm praying. In these meetings, I do 80% listening, 20% talking. Because I want to know, what is that reason? Because if I'm ever going to help this person and take them to a new place and walk with them and show them peace and show them God's love along that journey, I need to get some insight and know that reason. And anyway, our allotted time was up and... Uh, she said, but you haven't asked me about all the complaints that I had this week. And you haven't talked to me about all of my failing statistics and why I'm not doing my job properly. And I said, but you know that. You know all of that stuff. Remember, difficult people often are only told, they only hear what's wrong in their world, what's wrong with this person. Negative, negative, negative. And they know that. So I said, I've heard what you've said today and I can see you're a great mum. You're an amazing mum. You're a lovely wife. I just love the way that you, you think about nature, what you talked about, about your holiday. That's incredible. And I can see that you've got the skills to do this job and you can do it very, very well. And I know the way. And I'm going to show you the way. And we're going to work together. So we went out there. 
she went back on the phone and it was carnage and everything got worse. And I got complaints all day. But I knew this is just step one on a long pathway. Stuff's not going to get right after one talk. Any managers here? Anyone manage people here? Have you ever felt like you want to quit your job because of one person? I've felt like that many times. This time was no exception. One per- I, I earn the money for my family to live, but at times I thought it would be better for me just to quit my job to get away from this situation and get away from this person and I'll start get a new job somewhere else. That's you know how much this is on me. This is a weight on my shoulders. And I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this. So what do I do? Go to God. Go to prayer. I need help. I need strategy. I need insight, Lord. And he said, just have compassion. Just go back another day and I'm with you. And I'll show you. And this person's world did improve over time. And they didn't become the best call taker, but they started to have friends at work. And they started to have a smile on their face. And as I drew out the gold that was within them, every single person has gold, even the most difficult person has value, has worth, Things got better for her and me, which was good. You know, Jesus modeled a culture more than he modeled a principle. When my boss was checking in on me every month, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you said to her about these stats? I said, I'm not going to talk to her about those stats this month, probably this year, because I'm on a different path. I'm doing something different over here. Setting culture. And, you know, we are responsible for setting culture with our difficult people because sometimes they can't do that. We've got to be about God's purposes. So, I'm going to close today. And I was thinking over the last couple of days, well, what could I do as a response, Lord, to this? And he said... Two things to me. He said, I'm the God of breakthrough. I'm the God of breakthrough. And I'm going to break through into people's difficult situations that are happening right now. Situations that you thought were not going to ever work out, God's going to start to bring about a change through you. The second word he said was, give your burdens to me. We often want to sort these things out ourselves, especially in the business world. We want to hold on to them. We want to just follow the plan, follow what we've done in the past. But he's saying, give your burdens to me. Forget about that stuff. Just lay this at my feet. So this morning, I want to give you an opportunity just to make a response, just to make a, a physical response to God if you would like to do that. And the reason for that is so that on Wednesday, when you're talking to that difficult person, or Tuesday and the following week when you're talking to that difficult person you think oh I remember I responded to God I've, I've laid this with God 
God's going to turn this around for me. So if you just want to close your eyes and let's just pray together. And if you're online, just join with us in prayer. So this morning, if you've had a bad experience with a difficult person and you feel as though it's unresolved or didn't work out, and you want to lay that burden at God's feet and let him take control, I really believe that he wants to give you supernatural insight, that things are going to change in your situation, that uh, what was going bad is going to start to go good. Where you didn't know what to do or, or how to proceed, God is going to plant new ways of communicating within you. If you would like to respond to God this morning and lay down that burden of a a bad experience, maybe there's some forgiveness that needs to happen, then just as that physical response to the Lord this morning, I just encourage you just to raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Thank you to the many people responding today. And let me just pray for you. Lord, I honor these people's response, their, their heart attitude toward, turned towards you this morning. And Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I ask that you implant supernatural insight into the situations. And Lord, pour out your grace more and more and more and more. And just receive his grace into that situation now. It's a never-ending tap of love from the Father. It doesn't matter that that didn't work out in the past. God's saying, I'm going to change your future. And then the second group today, just put your hands down. Second group today is if you think that there's an an adjustment needed in your attitude. Maybe you are a difficult person or or maybe you have been dealing with a difficult person in a wrong way and you just want to have a, uh, a fresh encounter with the Lord and, and uh, have his insight to change your behaviors, to change your attitude. And I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up, but just you know where you are, you know that God's talking to your heart right now. And Lord, I just pray that these people will search for you and find you in every situation. I just ask for your unrelenting love to invade every area of their life, that they will be able to become more like you every day and that they will emanate grace and peace and goodness and self-control in the difficult people conversations.